0: morning everyone how are we all this morning let me pray for us as we have a look at that father we do thank you for um, your son our king and we thank you uh, that we have been given that opportunity to be responsive to him and to see how he can help us in our times of need we pray that you'll show us your words this morning in jesus name amen There's a a Japanese company which is coming up with a solution. They've identified one of life's big problems, and they are coming up designing a solution to this particular problem. Um, It's a problem that I think faces uh, most, let's be honest, all humans, and so they have realised that they have a unique opportunity to design something to deal with this problem that all humans face. Um, now, it's a company which specializes in kitchen and bathroom appliances and being innovative with those. Um, if you needed a, your dishes washed, you would use a dishwasher. If you needed your clothes washed, you would use a clothes washer. And if you needed to wash yourself, you would use a, a shower, a person washer. That's right, Brent. And that's what this company has decided. They have seen the problem and they have realized there's an opportunity in this market for a product which is not existent yet, a people washer. All right? Now, I hear you saying shower. I appreciate your naivety there. That's great. Um, You may also think the bath is another people washer. And again, I appreciate your naivety. But they have just designed the ultrasonic bath. This is what it will look like when they have put it out by 2025 at some expo they're going to deliver it at. Um, And this machine means that you can get in there, sit in it, and it will use fine bubble technology as well as AI and monitoring sensors to give you, let me quote you, A complex bath experience. There you go. Isn't that something? And they think by 2025, they will have this thing up and ready to display at a particular expo in Osaka. Now, what a wonderful design, hey? What a wonderful thing. The niche problem in the market is we can't clean ourselves. And so they're designing a machine that will clean you in how long? Just 15 minutes. I bet you couldn't do it faster than that, could you? (laughs) It's it's brilliant. You'd You'd bump your head in that one. No, Terry, you wouldn't bump your head. Now, it's, um, it, the thing is, it's not, a unique, it's, not a, a not, it's not a new idea. It's actually an idea that's been presented at this same expo back in 1970. In fact, this is the 1970s version that was built, the um, complex bath experience you can see that lady having there. Uh, and I'm not sure really why they figured that back in 1970, this product was put out and scorned by the market. And then 55 years later... They think they have the solution to the problem of washing yourself when maybe that solution has been had by humans for longer than the 55 years I'm quoting. What do you think? Do people know how to wash themselves? It's fair comment. Some of you seem unsure. Okay. Who's sure they know how to... Uh, the basic, thing. Yeah, most of you are. You can see those people afterwards if you need to. If you don't know how a shower works, you can ask someone. It's not hard. Um, but this company has identified a problem. And maybe by my tone, you can see that I think they may not have identified as significant a problem as they could have. And I'm not sure their machine, their complex bath experience machine is going to be a hot seller in 2026. I think we've been solving the problem of keeping ourselves clean well before 1970, and we will until 2025 as well. However, that is not the biggest problem that we all face in life, is it? I'm sure it's something that we are all well on top of and possibly have solved, But we do look at life, and we do see there are problems in life, and we all face problems in life, and sometimes it feels like we have more problems in life than we can figure out solutions for. If you were to go and um, try and search up the most common problems in life, I think you'd probably find things like financial problems would be on the list. There'd be relational problems. There'd be fears over security and safety and health. There'd be workplace problems, and maybe these days, isolation problems. These would be just some of the top ones, I would imagine. Um, and maybe as I'm reading through this you'll think to yourself, yeah, maybe I've been through some of those kind of problems over the last few years myself. We're here at church today and we're thinking about the king we want and the king we need. Um, Alex thinks he spoiled it. Does anyone think he spoiled it? Who's the king we need? Jesus. It's, not, it's, it's obvious. We know the answer. It's okay. Um, but if he is the king we need, how can he help us with the problems that we face in life? Because if a king is supposed to show us the way, what can he actually do for us? Can Jesus really help us with the problems we face in life today? Now we're going to look at um, 1 Samuel chapter 10, verses 17 to 27. And as that was read out, I bet the first thing that went through your mind was, Aha! Jesus can help us with the problems we face today. Is that what the first thing you thought was? Maybe not, but we'll have a look and we'll see. I think it does answer that question for us. Before we just flip it open, there is one thing I need to put out there, first of all. And that is that, that there is a problem with problems, okay? There's a problem with problems. And the problem with problems is that you actually need to acknowledge you have one first before you can find a solution. If you don't acknowledge that you have a problem, then you can never actually work on or find a solution. It makes sense. It's quite logical, isn't it? And that's probably how my brain works. But the other side of the coin is, if you have a problem and you think, I'll just ignore it, it'll fix itself, I'll put it to you that most times that won't happen. Uh, For example, earlier this year, I opened my fridge and it made this kind of sound when I open the door. Oh, that's not really good, is it? There's something wrong with the door opening. It's okay. It'll fix itself. Right? And I kept doing it, and it kept making that horrible sound time and time and time again. Until about a month ago, I opened the... Well, I didn't know. Someone in our family opened the fridge door, and it actually, sort of the top of it fell off. All right? And so now the fridge is hanging on just by the bottom thing, and I'm like... Hey, the person in our family who did this said, help, help! And I came over, and we managed to put it back on. At which stage, what should I have been thinking? By a, a new one. And what was I thinking instead, Terry? It'll fix itself. Don't worry about it. No problem. All fixed. Solution. Until yesterday. What happened yesterday? The door fell off completely, top and bottom. Now, wasn't that a good problem to have? <laughs> and uh, I may have been asleep and come down, and then I'm like, there's a fridge, and the door's like leaning up against it like this. That's not how the door goes on the fridge, I'm pretty sure. And so how do I solve that problem? No, not gaffer tape, prints? I had to face up to reality. I have a problem. My fridge door doesn't work. I need to purchase a new refrigerator. Okay, there's no other way to it. Or I could choose to fix the door, which I don't think was a good idea because it was pretty broken. Uh, now, problems don't just go away. Think of this one. If you have a speeding ticket, okay, you get sent a speeding ticket um, and you ignore it. What's going to happen? Enforcement. Yeah, what happens? That you, you get the ticket, you look at it, you're like, oh nah, chuck it in has the been then what happens? You can send a reminder. You get a reminder. Okay, then what happens? Anyone else? Enforcement and then you can lose your license. Enforcement then you, is that what happens to you, yeah. Tom? Is that what Sorry to hear it, buddy. Um <laughs> <no>. <laughs> got you. Um, I, I guess the debt collectors would help eventually. That's what happened to Tom. here. how long were we in how long were we in jail for, Tom, when that happened? <laughs> it was pretty bad. You're not You're not in jail for that one. Oh, what was it? No, anyway, after church, we'll take confession on that one. Um, The good news is, here's the good news. So if you don't admit you've got a problem, you can't deal with the problem, you can't just ignore problems, don't just go away. The good news, I think, for us this morning is this. None of us have any problems in life. That's the good news. So this is not really a very applicable talk. Is that right? Hands up if you've got no problems at all in life. I think we all do, right? Um, We all have problems of various kinds. I doubt we all have the same problems in life. We might not vocalise our problems as much as the person we're sitting next to, or someone else we know, but I bet you we all have problems in life. That's just how it happens. Do we refuse to acknowledge them, or do we ignore them and hope they go away? Because if we do that in life, we're making a big mistake. But how can Jesus help us with our problems? 1 Samuel chapter 10, verses 17 to 27. Now let's just recap what's been happening so far in 1 Samuel. The bit that we've picked up again in this little series. What's been happening so far? What happened back in chapter 8, or a few weeks ago? They wanted a king, and then what happened? They got one. Okay, well, that cut the story quite short, and it's quite neat, and I guess we can move on. (laughs) It's good. That'll do. Um, Saul was the king, but he was too interested. He couldn't even find his donkeys, let alone take their donkeys, let alone be their king. And I think if you heard the barbering just now, where was he? He in the baggage container. He's a problem, but we'll get back to him. Um, Saul was chosen to be king. And everyone went home, and now where we pick up today is Saul being declared king in front of the people. Verse seventeen, Samuel called the people together to the Lord at Mizpah, and he said to the people of Israel, Thus says the Lord the God of Israel I brought up Israel out of Egypt, and I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of all the kingdoms that were oppressing you. But today you have rejected your God, who saves you from all your calamities and your distresses, and you have said to him, Set a king over us. Um it starts off a little bit uh, in a little bit of an odd fashion. You've got this scene here where the people gather for Saul to be declared king. And what does Samuel do? He gets up and starts berating the people. Now, I don't know if you're sitting there thinking, well, a classic preacher. That's what they do, right? They get people together and then they berate them and tell them they've all done a bad job. Now, maybe that is what preachers love to do. I don't know. I can't speak for every preacher. Uh, I'm sure that we, we've all made our, our mistakes uh, in terms of doing that as preachers. No doubt I've done that. Get people together, have a go at them. But I think that's not the point here. The point is not that Samuel is getting the people together to tell them how bad they are. He's actually bringing them together, reminding them of how good God is and how they have rejected God's ways. And that should be the continuing task of the preacher today. And because the word of God is challenging, it actually challenges us all as individuals. It challenges each and every one of us. The word endures, it is unchanging. We have problems. How can we deal with those problems if we don't address them? And of course, we have, maybe, as we think about our problems, and we will, before we think of the little problems, what's the biggest problem we have, the overarching one? The umbrella problem. Sin. Sin is the biggest problem. That's right. Um, and I guess there's, if we look at the Bible, the, it confronts us on that front, and we've got two options. We can either remain stubborn and defiant, I haven't got a problem, ignore it, hope it goes away, or... We can bow the knee and accept God's gift to us in Jesus, the king we need. But that's, we know that with sin, right? Sometimes we forget that that's the way we have to deal with other problems in life as well. Financial problems, relational problems, um, safety, security, health problems, workplace problems, isolation, those and more. We forget that God's word actually has something to say to us on those things. In fact, a very great deal to say about those things. We forget uh, that the Bible is actually very, very helpful to us as we face our problems in life. And we think what the Bible says to us is this. Well, the Bible, it's all about telling me to stop being sinful and start doing what's right. That's what we think, right? Is that what it it says? Is that what the Bible says? No. No, it doesn't say that at all, does it? That's not at all what the Bible says. Um, It actually says much the same thing that Samuel says to the people here. It says, God made us to be in relationship with him, and we reject God. That's essentially what he's saying here, right? God brings them out, makes them a people, and they say no to God. God makes the world, makes us in the world, and we say no to God. We want to choose ourself as king, not bow the knee to Jesus as the king. See, sin's not a deed. It's not an action. It's not something we do. It's a lifestyle. It's a worldview. It's a perspective. It's not listening to what God says. From the beginning, God said to Adam and Eve, you can eat any fruit you want except that one. And Satan comes along and says, did God really say that? And they're like, yeah, I don't really know if he did. Let's just do it ourselves. That's sin, right? And that means that the world doesn't work properly. And then we have problems in life. And so then because we've got our problems and we've ignored God, we think, well, how would he know what I'm going through? He doesn't care. I'd suggest to you that um, if God made the entire world... Including you, he may very well care about the problems you're facing in life. And he knows exactly what you're going through. And he may have some light to shed. So let's stop being those who are stubborn and defiant. Let's actually bow the knee and say, Lord, help me with my problems in life. I can't solve them by myself. And turn to his word and let it work in your life. There's a Chinese man who won the lottery. Quite recently, he bought 40 tickets and put the same seven numbers on all 40 tickets. And he won. And because he did that, his prize was bigger. Don't ask me why. It doesn't make sense to me. But I don't know how these things work. But he won $30 million, a life-changing amount of money. But he's a bit nervous about picking up his winnings. Uh, apparently, in um, a few instances, people have been mugged um, when they're trying to collect their winnings. And they've had their winnings stolen. But that was not the reason he was nervous. Uh, he was quite nervous um, for a different reason. And so he wore a disguise to go and collect his check. Now, guess which one he is. He's not the guy on the left, uh, left side there. That's him here, collecting his winner's check. He wore a cartoon chicken costume to keep his identity secret. Not from any would-be criminals. From whom? His wife and his children. Correct. Now, Brennan, you say that that's what you'd do? Or... No, okay. sounds like a good technique. <laughs> now, it's not, he's not malicious. No, not at all. He said he doesn't want them to become complacent in life and not learn to live life well. And so he doesn't want them to know that he's one. Okay, it sounds noble, but I'm not sure that's the case, buddy. Uh, but we look on in, in 1 Samuel and we actually see someone hiding their identity. Uh, it's actually Saul. We know the answer. Um, Samuel finishes up by saying now therefore present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and your thousands and in verse 20 the tribes come by the whole of Israel in verse 20 have a look there who's chosen? Benjamin then Benjamin's brought forth and the clan of the Matrites was taken and then Saul is taken by Lot and they go to find him and it's he's not there now, what you're seeing here is that God's guided this process. You can't argue and say, well, you know, they didn't get the king, the right person. No, they got the right person. Okay, it's Saul. But once it comes down to it, they're like, oh, well, hang on. It's not any of these people. There's no one left. What do we do? And they go back to God in verse 22. So they inquired again to the Lord, is there a man still to come? It's kind of funny, but kind of um, touching as well, because they actually do the right thing here, don't they? Um, they realize that they need to rely on God when they have a problem in life. And their problem is they can't find their king that they want. It's it's a bit sad on that front, isn't it? Because they've asked for a king from God. God says, this is the man. And, 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 and should they be able to pick Saul out of a crowd? Yes. Why? He's tall. He's head and shoulders above everybody else. All right. It's like if, if Terry stood up again, it's that same sort of stature. But just stay down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, he's a, it's a massive unit, right? It, they should be able to pick him out of the crowd, but they can't even find him. He's run off, in fact, he's run off and hit himself. Um, and so they're sort of like, oh, sorry, who is it, God? Where, where is he? Um, one of my kids lost a book the other day, and they could not find the book. And, uh, I said to them, it's probably in your room. And, yeah, that's where you last saw it, so why don't you go and have a look for it. And they went back and they looked for quite some time in their room. Do you think they found it? No. And I was getting a bit of grief. You're not helping? I said, well, I'll help a bit later. It's fine. Daddy's just a bit bored right now and just wants to sit on the couch and watch the football. No, I don't care about your book. Um, but uh, eventually, a few hours later, I thought, you know what? I'll have a look for this book. And so I walked in their bedroom. And What, what, what did I find? Where? Huh? Under the pillow, Bronnie. You're crazy. No? On the bookshelf? No. Not even that. Not even that hidden. Just on the desk, right there, right in front of you as you walk in the room. Bang, there it is. But you've got your book now, Ali. You're fine, so that's okay. Um... <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, you can't read. My mistake. Um... Now it's not like that with Saul. It's not like they've had they've had like a and like for me to find it something because I can't find things. If you ask me to look for something, I'm like, I-, I can't at all find that other microphone. I don't know where it could be. It's, and it's like it's right here. So you know, it was, if I can find it, it's quite it's quite bad. Um... It's not like that was It's not like he's just been misplaced. No, he's actually gone and hidden himself. They demand a king. They get this impressive specimen. Remember, he didn't tell his uncle last week about it. He's gone. When they're drawing the lot, they find it falls on him. And where is he? He's hiding in the baggage. The word baggage could mean any kind of sort of stuff. All right, that's what's about here. He's just gone and hidden himself. Is that working again? It is working. Um, and I guess, really, we've got to remind ourselves that the people go to God and say, help us find him. We're relying on God too. We should go and ask God to find things for us or ask God for help or realize that we are dependent on God in our life in so many different ways and that God does care and wants to help us. And so maybe we should ask ourselves, am I actually thankful to God for preserving goodness to us, to me, in my daily life? And maybe we need to be a bit more thankful on that front as well. But here's Saul hiding from God, hiding from what God wants him to do, he is the answer to Israel's short-term problems, and he's been told that already, right? Now, we're not the saviors of the world. We may not even be saviors of our own uh, people, our own family, but what does God have for us? Well, he actually has very great things for us to do. He wants us to be his ambassadors on this earth. It's a huge calling, isn't it? And yet a very simple one. God says, go and make disciples. And we think, oh, it's so hard, but it's actually not that hard. And we just have a part to play. We're all part of the body, so to speak, and we all have a part that we can play in seeing the good news go forth. And really, we've got to say to ourselves, what's my heart motivation here? Do I respond to what God says, or do I try and hide in the baggage? Here's the sad thing. If we think I'll try and hide in the baggage, you know, I've got a part to play, I just won't do it. Guess who knows where you are? You might be able to hide from everybody else, right? And they couldn't find Saul, gigantic as he was. But who knew where, where he was? God did. Well, God knows what we're doing in life. But he's not some vindictive, person who wants to strike us down for doing the wrong thing he gives us gifts and abilities and he says use them king jesus comes and dies on the cross and says come out of the baggage and serve me now i don't know what further invitation we need let's respond to that and let's bring our problems before him because we see um that he is one who cares for us now in verse 25 all the people get sent home and you'll see um someone else in those three verses goes home as well who's that Samuel sends the people home. Saul, in verse 26, why is that important? What does it tell you? So what Samuel does in verse 25 is he writes down the rights and duties of kingship. So this is God's messenger who writes it down and says to Saul, now this is how you can be. Now Everyone go home and Saul goes home as well. Does it tell you anything about king? What does a king do? What's his function? To lead, to rule. And what's he doing? Obeying, right, It's good in Saul's place. It's a little bit uh, ironic for the people of Israel. They said, we want a king to be like everybody else, all right? And God says, you can have a king, but you're not going to be like everyone else. Your king will still be subservient to my word because you need to live my way because it's the right way. Uh, Tom told me he's been reading through Chronicles. Um, if you make it through the first nine chapters of 1 Chronicles, you're doing quite well because it's a long list of names, although you said you made a flow chart, is that right? That's, that's quite impressive. I'd like to see that. Oh, you found it on Google. Just tell me you made it. It's even more impressive. That's fine. Um, you start reading about the kings as you go through Chronicles. How do they go in general? Give me a one-word answer about the kings in Chronicles. Um, well, it's... That'll do it. Yeah, exactly. It works and it fails. <laughs> it and it fails. Yeah, <sighs> that's a good answer for it. Um, the kings, the whole way through, they should be living a certain way. And sometimes there's one of them who discovers something and does the right thing and then it just collapses again. But, of course, we know the king we need, don't we? It's Jesus. He comes along. He lives not only the perfect life, but he is the perfect king, and he is worth following him. And really, there's two responses to what we can do with him. In verse 26, we see some men of valor follow Saul. In verse 27, some worthless fellows say, how can he save us? And really, Jesus had that very same response from the very from the, the very point. He was, he was saving us, didn't he? He hung on the cross. There's two blokes with him. What did they say? What did this guy say? Not the exact words, just the general tone of it. If God, get us down. Yeah, if you're God, get us down. Save yourself and us. And what did this guy say? Yeah, remember me in heaven. So one of them says, one of them mocks him, and one of them asks for his mercy. Um, it's interesting, at 8 o'clock, they reversed those two um, roles, so we don't know who said what really, do we? <laughs> it's just a picture, it's okay. Okay. Um, uh, while they're doing that, there's the Roman centurion who looks at him and says, truly, this was the son of God. All right. Um, and at the same time, his soldiers have put a crown of thorns to mock Jesus and, and they're gambling his clothes away. We don't like to bend the knee as people, do we? We like to say, it's my way. It's my way. But the problem is problems is when we don't admit them. And first of all, we've got to admit our big problem. Our hearts have wandered. We're far from God. We don't know how to get home. But he offers us free forgiveness and a free ride home. There's no truth that could be sweeter. Once we've got that sorted, what do we do with the other problems we face in life? The more mundane things. How do we resolve those? We ask God. And how does God answer us? Well, sometimes he answers us in ways we don't expect. And we keep resisting and not wanting to hear the answers. Sometimes he answers us through the people around us. He puts you in a community for a reason and gives you uh, brothers and sisters in Christ so that you can help each other with the problems you have. I heard a story. I'm not sure if it's true. You can tell me at the end if you think it's true or not. But there's um, a Christian couple and they were in a flood ravaged zone. Uh, and there was a message that came over the radio saying, everyone evacuate your town now. Um, there's a flood coming and you need to get out. It's going to be dangerous. Potential loss of life. They said, you know what? We're Christians. God will save us. We trust him. We've read his word and he's going to deliver us from our problems. It's fine. Okay, fine. So people evacuated. The SES came around knocking door to door and knocked on their door. Oh, you're still here. You actually have to go. This It's going to be really dangerous. The flood's coming. It's not too far behind. It's going to be here soon. Get out of here. And they said, it's all right. We've read God's word. He loves us. He'll save us from our problems. He'll, he'll deliver us. It's fine. Okay, off they went. The flood came and they're in a house and the, the water's rising up, you know, window height level. A boat comes down. And they knock on the window. There's a couple there treading water inside the house. Do you want to come in the boat now? We'll get you out of here. We'll save you. It's fine. We're okay. God will save us. The floodwaters kept rising. They got onto the roof of their house. Things look grim. A helicopter comes along, throws a ladder down. Grab hold. We'll get you out of here. We're fine. God will save us. It's okay. Eventually, the helicopter goes. And tragically, the waters rose up and they died. And they're standing before God. And they looked at God, they said, why didn't you save us? We trusted in you. And God said, well, I sent you the message on the radio, I came to your door, I sent you a boat and a helicopter, what, 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 what more did you want? I'm not sure if is a true story, what do you think? Yeah, probably not. Um, but it's, it makes a point, doesn't it? Um, can God help us with the problems we face today? Well, of course he can. And there is ample wisdom in his word to help us with our financial problems, our relational problems, our fears over safety and security and health, our workplace problems our, problems, our feelings of isolation. If we took a minute, we could think about think about financial problems. What does God say to us about our financial problems? In his word. You don't know. Maybe you should read it a bit more. What does he say to us? I'm facing some kind of problem with my finances. What does God say? Okay, don't worry. It's all well and good when you've ripped up your speeding ticket, Tom, and the cops are coming for you to throw you in jail. What, what does he say? It's ballooned out to a payment you can't make. Yeah, don't store your treasures up on earth. Yep, good. Yep. Bex has a great many things. I mean, one of Jesus' most taught-about topics is money and how we can think about it, all right? Um, What God gives us and how to be responsible with it. You read through the the Proverbs, there's wisdom there for us. There's a whole lot of teaching in the Bible about what we could do with our money, okay? It may be that we've got ourselves into a pickle with it, but God can help us figure that out. Of course, if you want to sit, sit down and write a budget to get you out of problems, I can't remember the Bible verse that talks about that. But I know if I had troubles, I could talk to Jan and she'd help me write up a budget. Or Michelle, she's pretty good at that kind of thing. I'd ask Ali, but she can't read, so that's fine. Um, But there's people who are around us who can help us with our troubles, right? God gives us other people, much like that crazy story I just told that's obviously not true. God helps us. Sometimes we look for his help in ways that we want. There's wisdom in the Bible. There's timeless truths in there. And sometimes God then says to us, well, tap into his people as well. They can help you see what that looks like in a practical sense in your particular context. How does God's word help us today? Well, it does help us. Um, Jesus saves us, and therefore he cares about our problems. And he wants us to be those who take our part in his kingdom and promoting it, whether it's helping each other um, or spreading the good news. Those are both an integral part of what we do. Are we going to hide in the baggage, or are we going to get out there and hear Jesus' call? Let me pray that we'll do that. Let me pray that we will allow God's word to shape us for his glory, to live for his king, and for his glory. Heavenly Father, long live the King, King Jesus. Um, We thank you that there are duties and rights of kingship, and we thank you in a sense that they are unfulfilled by the kings of this earth, and yet perfectly fulfilled by your Son, our Saviour Jesus. We know there are worthless fellows who say, how can he save us? But we know how he can. We know that our hearts have wandered. We're far from you with no idea how to get home, and yet you offer us A free offer of forgiveness and so father help us to take comfort in that to be those who don't worry who make wise decisions in life in many different ways or seek advice from those who love and serve you as well uh, about how you would have us handle the problems that we're facing and father we do pray that you'll help us to heed that advice not to be those who think we have no problems or just ignore them but to be those who resolve them so that we can live for Jesus our King and for his glory. And we pray all this in his precious name. Amen.